Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey, JC. Hey, hey. Greet our crowd out there. Howdy, howdy. Look at all these great people in our chat room already. So happy to be back here in the studio, but we've got a big uh, next 10 days coming up. And people are going to have to watch us while we're in our mobile studio, a.k.a. the hotel room. And so we, you know, I think it's really kind of great, JC, that when we're on the road, people can actually be with us when we travel and experience sort of the the Hall family adventure with us and, and be with us as we travel um, tomorrow we fly to Utah. We're going to have the big uh, Utah event on Saturday. And uh, if you want to know the details on that, if you are in the St. George, Utah area or New Mex- um, Las Vegas, whatever that area is right there, because St. George is like right on the Nevada border. So you can be in Utah. You can be in Nevada. You can come over and see us on Saturday. Go to chrisannhall.com. K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com and uh, check us out over there. Then on Monday and Tuesday, we'll be in Washington State, not Washington, D.C. Everybody's like, you're going to be in Washington? No, there's more than one Washington. We're actually going to be in Olympia, Washington, where we're going to be teaching twice a day, Monday and Tuesday. Then we're off to Olathe. Is that right? Did I say that right this time? Olathe, Kansas on Friday, and then Rayville, Missouri after that. Man, we're like (laughs) all over the place. So make sure you check out those dates and times at chrisannhall.com. Find out where you're going. If you don't know uh, if you're going to be in the area or not, share it. And please, once again, share on Twitter because I am still in Twitter jail. I actually emailed Twitter again and said, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, well, we got your message already, and we're going to look at it when we look at it. So looks like I might be indefinitely in twit mode. I'm in definite detention, indefinite detention in twit mode. How exciting is that? So uh, share for us also a little housekeeping. Remember, it is possible that while you're watching us on YouTube, you will get kicked off. When you get kicked off, come right back. We're still here. This is just a tactic, an AI tactic to make you go away. While you're here, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, ring that bell, and you may or may not get a message. Just make sure you know that we're here Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday at 7 p.m. If you're on Facebook, share us too. And uh, I think that's, we're at chrisannhall.com now too. So if something happens and we get a total blackout, Go to chrisannhall.com. We will be streaming live there. You think I covered all the bases? Yep. Covered them all. Hey, you know how we have, the news always has like the human interest story, the special interest story. Okay. I have a J.C. Hall interest story. Oh, no. He hates those. (laughs) I thought I would share this with you because I thought about you as soon as I read this article. So, remember, J.C., how we love to talk about the Neo-Sapiens, right? So, you've got Cass Dunstein's nudge, book, The Nudge, where he talks about how, not, not hypothetically, not sarcastically, but 
realistically, Cass Sunstein and their group believe that there's a whole new class of people called Neo-Sapiens. And these Neo-Sapiens are smarter than we are. They're higher. They actually say they're higher on the evolutionary chain because they have a higher cognitive capacity than, you know, the rest of us do. So here's the here's the J.C. Hall interest story. People hate this common habit, but it's actually a sign of high emotional intelligence. Do you know what it is? What? Upspeak. Oh, God. This whole article, J.C. Give me a break. This whole article is about how upspeak is a verbal habit that actually indicates a higher level of intelligence. (laughs) So the millennials are actually smarter than we are. They're actually smarter than we are. What is... Don't you know? What is higher emotional intelligence? What What does that even mean? Um, Any idea? Is this defined in the article? Well, actually, it's a lot of circular logic. Intelligence is not emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Okay. He says, you'll understand what I mean with a quick example. A person who does not speak with a voice marked by a high rising intonation might offer the following suggestion. Looking at the variables, comma, and the uncertainty of the world right now, I think we should reach out to existing customers so we know where we stand. At the same time, we can figure out which future opportunities to double down on and which to delay pursuing. But for a person whose speaking style twins tends towards up talk, the rising inflection sounds a bit more like this. Are we looking at all the variables? And the uncertainty no, in the world, oh, what... You're not an up speaker, so you I, I can't. You I can't it even fake it. It's not a question. Okay, do That's it. It's a statement with a question. You you put an R in there. That's okay. how normal people. Oh, because there's speak. a question mark there. Right. Looking at all the variables, and the uncertainty you, you, of the world right now. You you can't even do it. <laughs> I can't even do no, it. You can't even do it. Can you do it? It's a freaking mental disorder. <laughs> it's it's not. It's nothing to do with your your smarter. I can't do it. You're I can't idiot do it. Who doesn't know how to speak? <laughs> that that's what up speak is. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. So now there are some studies that suggest women are more likely to speak with this kind of uptalk in their voices, although most of those analyses are at least a few years old. Other studies suggest it's more common in younger people. My siblings, the author says... Which ought to throw it out right there. It ought to prove this is utter nonsense. Because you can't look at something like you, you look out and say, oh, it seems to be very common in young people. So clearly that's not a freaking intelligence influence. That's a generational influence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so but generationally, premise. you need to know they're smarter than we are. Oh, idiots. Yeah. Yeah. The whole so premise is absurd. So rather than la- suggesting a lack of confidence, the author says people who naturally speak in this style may be extraordinarily tuned in with their audiences. It is, in turn, signs of a very high emotional intelligence. (laughs) Whatever. What a bunch of idiots. Well, you know, I mean, they want us to believe that we're all, that they're so much more intelligent than us anyway. I mean, that's the way every, you know, 
teenage 20-something generation is. You're smarter than the people around you. You know more. Everybody else is an idiot. Until you actually get older and you have a family and you have to make money and you have to raise children, then you realize your parents were smarter than you thought they were. I mean, if it's... And then you become the generation that's dumb because the new generation thinks you're an idiot. Is the... Is the point here that they operate on emotion? I mean, is that what we're talking about? That emotional intelligence is more important than intellectual intelligence. That was the point of the article. They, they, they're feeling the audience. Yes. Like nobody, nobody is clear if you're making a statement or asking a question. In other words, you can't freaking communicate, but you're in tune with how the audience feels right because isn't that what it's what this generation is all about truth is subjective right truth is subjective reality is subjective and everything in the world and in our environment is subjective to our feelings what a bunch of retards guys okay (laughs) notice that right this is this is english language it's just freaking language okay so intonation is a part of language. Intonation communicates either question or statement. Mm-hmm. Intonation can turn what you say, right, with the words, the syntax, identical, but change the intonation and you've changed the statement. So right. you need help <laughs> is not the same as you need help. Right. Okay, those are not the same freaking statements. And it's one is one is not a more intelligent statement than the other. One is a question. One is a statement. But it has nothing to do with you're more emotionally in tune. Well, it has yeah. to do with meaning what you freaking say. But here's the problem. Remember, we're dealing it's with being illiterate. No, we're not dealing. Being emotionally we're dealing with a generation of people that are easily offended. So, so statements. Right. Statements are judgmental. Statements are yes. powerful. Right. So you have to up speak because you cannot, you have to you be have passive to be non-committal, aggressive. Non committal, passive aggressive. judgmental. Yes. No, so. I think you. <laughs> You just made a more scientific evaluation of this phenomenon <laughs> than their than, scientific than these idiots. Where are these idiots from? Who who is who is? Um, so uh, what this what it is it is justification of ignorance, right? And yeah. it goes in what you're saying because there's been this whole thing of people noticing, uh, mainly people in the professional world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, especially older people in the professional world, and here comes this new generation because of the idiotic. Uh, influence of the current state of the public education system. So they come in speaking like this. Right. And there's pushback and there's identification of of this wrong speaking. And now they all get offended by us pointing out, uh, guys, you need help and you need help are not the same statement. Oh my God, you can't criticize. If I want to have an upward intonation to make a statement, then I should be allowed to. Okay, you should be allowed to absolutely uh, make the rules and syntax and phonetics and orphology morph and wrap to your reality, right? The rest of the English-speaking world must change how we speak because you sound like a retard and you're offended when we point that out. Yeah. That, that is their world. 
and and they go. This is the crazy thing. So I was reading like the the Brennan sort of off topic, but same phenomenon. Mm -hmm. The cult of the expert and where just because they say so. And so this is the thing. So they found some study, some university that can justify and support absolutely redefining American English for a bunch of idiots who can't take the time to actually learn it. Like the Brennan Center for Justice, okay, goes out and finds a bunch of experts to say voter fraud has never happened in the history of humanity. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Who conducted those studies and tells us that? I'm so glad they did that because I thought, like, just, (laughs) just sort of on the surface, that at least somebody, somewhere, at some point, I mean, it's not like a real, take a lot of analysis, but somebody, just human nature being human nature, maybe would want to do something wrong. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So they say never happened. But who is it? Washington Post. Okay, okay. uh, You know, all these other Berkeley. So we go out and find a bunch of liberal whack jobs to do a study to justify our lunacy. That's what this is. The whole women's suffrage movement okay was was precipitated by the theft of women's votes through voter fraud right the whole movement to end the 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 uh right of women to vote because remember i did this whole thing women voted before the 19th amendment women voted before the 19th century or but yeah before the 19th century women voted before the 20th century but in the 20th century you have corrupt politicians trying to steal the vote of the women through voter fraud so they end the vote of women now inc.com where this article comes from is actually a a uh business website sort of like fortune or right. or bill uh i don't i would say bilderberg but that's not what i was thinking yeah but who who did the study i mean yeah, it's in their yeah. magazine oh but, yeah I mean, right come on i don't know it doesn't it, tell us who same, did this so study my point i so i believe that upspeak is a sign that you're smart as mm-hmm. much as i believe the brennan center for justice saying voter fraud's not a thing yeah Thanks. Appreciate yeah. you correcting our misconceptions. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Listen at all these Einsteins. Yeah. 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 They're really smart. <laughs> Those were all statements, by the way. None of that was a question. So I just want to uh, I watch trends in headlines because I believe that the media floats out things in patterns. To bring in patterns? In pa- <laughs> I'm going to smack the <laughs> mess out of you. You keep that up today. I seriously cannot take that, dude. And you are you are way too close. And I just came out of hand-to-hand self-defense training. I just so came I- out of hand-to-hand combat? <laughs> uh, are you asking me? No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you I'm going to smack the snot out of you if you don't quit. All right, so these trends, right? Would you agree to me that... that that media, especially, well, I don't know, they just they float out stuff in trends, in patterns, to to shift a narrative to make the people think in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I noticed this trend, like the article you just read yesterday. Yes, yes, right. Not a scientific study. No, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. It's there's nothing scientific about that. No, not at all. It's to it's to change, alter reality. 
Yeah, exactly. It's to make you yeah. think that the millennials are smart. the neo-sapiens. No, not just smart. They are evolutionarily yeah. advanced. And to okay? stop you from criticizing. And just, oh, yeah, and judging, because they don't judging. like that anyway, judging. Okay, but this is different. Now, I don't understand this pattern, and I actually, maybe you do, because you're my foreign policy guy, right? So this is different than one singular article claiming that people who upspeak are actually more <laughs> intelligent, okay? <laughs> I found on the same day, JC, floating in the the headlines okay i found three articles about how we should thank the french I, I like for that. how free we are i want to know i mean i looked everywhere i searched history for september 8 september 9 september 10 today in history you know what happened in this day in american history that makes us want to thank the french for for being free are, are we speaking militarily? That was a question, clearly. Notice my intonation. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, if it weren't for the French helping us, mm -hmm. we would still be British, is this article. Now, let's not forget for that Spain and Holland were also helping us. Okay. But the First only off, thing that I could find in history on in this range was on September 9th, uh, in 1776, the Second Continental Congress officially made the term United States, replacing uh, the previous term United Colonies. So I want to know why all of a sudden do I get three articles in the same period of time where we're supposed to thank France. And I want to think maybe from a principal perspective, why we're supposed to thank a foreign country for our independence. You're talking about the timing. I mean, because clearly... The timing. Three. Well, clearly There's nothing there was in history French that triggered this. Military, uh, I see what you're saying. So, like, why is it... It why? seems coordinated. Like, yes. there's a message. Yes. Not, not that the French didn't participate, didn't help. No, they no, no, no. They clearly did. Yes, they did. The military leadership of Rochambeau. I mean, you can't deny the French yes. help. Right. Now, what I, ha I have a problem with the, the, that type of premise, which you see very often. Had it not been for... A. X... Right. Z would not have happened. OK. You actually can't normally say that. Right. Okay, because you're you're conjecturing if this didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. Right. It's not a cause and effect thing because some other things could have happened that also didn't happen. Right. That would have changed the outcome had X not happened. Right. So it's so all of that sort of immediately goes in one ear and out the other for me because it's just sort of an in intellectual fantasizing not so you can make a valid point that hey the french helped us out rochambeau leadership military blah 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 made a significant impact mm -hmm. to then take it the next step to say now had they not then we would be british well had they not then clearly the other players involved would have done something I mean, different. Spain was huge. So it's kind of a strange. Spain was huge. If it had approach. not been for Spain, we would not have had the Louisiana Territory. We wouldn't have had the Mississippi River if it had not been for Spain, right? But again, my point. Oh, uh, Ample Fourth, thank you for that super chat today. Ample Fourth says it's mind control nudging. Yeah, that's the whole name but, of the book, nudge, right? But but again, there's that formulation. Had it not been for right. this. Than that you right. can say, be, you know, Spain did this. This was the result. I mean, this this how it happened. You're describing right. history. I think 
when you when you formulate it in had it not been then this you're not describing history you're predicting right yeah okay exactly. so it may, that may be true but we can in many cases uh as legitimately imagine other scenarios because the french not participating is an imagined scenario right Right. because the french did participate so why then it is not valid to imagine counter scenarios to prove that wrong you see what i'm saying so any of these sort of had it not been for are more or less unprovable to an extent because I can come up with some other. But I still, had it not been I for. still want to know. But the coordination, the, t- the coordination, yeah, and the what timing. is that about? What is going on in foreign policy? What is going on in the in in the liberal left left Do narrative you, that we are supposed to be? And I want to say maybe it's not just France, but we are supposed to thank a foreign country for our right. independence. Do you right? think it could be? Benedict the, Arnold, by the way, was British. Somebody asked that. Benedict Arnold was a was was English. He was not French. So right. Um, would it could it be that that uh, reoccurring narrative of of Trump alienating allies, uh, being sort of provincial and not not wanting to deal with the foreign world and international community? So it could be that thing, like. You know, I always think everything's about Trump, right? So right. then you think, okay, if it's coming out in the media and if it's in multiple sources, it's got to be about Trump in some way, even if right. it's not. Right. So what are they trying to say about Trump? So my first assumption would be it's a coordinated effort to to bolster that narrative of, hey, look, at our founding... Don't be nationalist, we, be globalist. Right. We were globalists. We we reached out and cooperated with foreign powers. And look at Trump. He's so un-American. It's American I, I to, that's, be, that's probably to, to be what? dependent on foreign power. It's American to be dependent on right. foreign power. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just... And you, again, I, I, maybe m- this is where my mind goes sometimes. And yeah. again, I'm just like, this is crazy. I don't, I don't understand how this is all in... You know, but you look back, you know, so you look back to engagements with foreign power. So, for Mm -hmm. instance, again, the French played a role uh, as an ally. But that was something um, who knows, maybe because obviously George Washington was heavily involved in that. So it it was probably not something that George Washington looked at as an entanglement. So when you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think when you look at people, well, Benjamin who, Franklin was the one who went over there to get yeah. them to help us to begin but, with. I mean, we were. Yeah. But when you listen to people that, you know, they accuse you of being sort of isolationist, that sort of thing, if you're against entanglements. Right. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of I mean, what is the what is the sort of arc, the sort of range, like how much involvement is too much involvement. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how much is totally isolationist to the extent that you're harming yourself? I well, mean, our founders were not isolated. That's iso- a constant yeah. argument, well, the, constant but the, debate. But it's a, mis- it's a misapplication of, of who they were and what they said. So they'll tell you that Washington and Jefferson were isolationists. They were not isolationists. No. They, were, they were free market people. They said their, their extent of isolationism was we're not going to get involved in their wars. 
Right. Right. And we're going to treat yeah. everybody as an ally. And 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 take, we're not going to take sides. we're not going to take mm-hmm. sides because what they saw. And when you read this, you know, I've been reading Thomas Paine's Common Sense again lately and uh, for our class at the River School of Government. And one of the things that that seemed very prominent in their thinking was the understanding of the resources that were the natural resources that were available on this continent that were available nowhere else. And so what they envisioned America to be as China was like the trade center of the world, they thought that that would shift, that our continent would become the trade center of the world because of how rich in resources we were. And so their idea was we can't have friends and enemies because we want to trade with everyone. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get we're not going to pick sides in fights because think about it. You come from Great Britain. What's the longest standing hatred in Great Britain? Britain and France. They hate each other. They hate each other because they were conquered. You know, I mean, it was it was the English kings and then the French kings came over and conquered. You got the Stuarts and the and the Normans. And, you know, I mean, it's just flip flopping the English and the French. And so there's always this this animosity Mm -hmm. and they come from that they're like no no no. we don't want to be drawn into these battles based on political personalities as countries as a whole we want to be for and i think kind of have to sort of simplify hearing washington talk about it if you're for somebody yeah then that necessarily means you're going to be against somebody else well if you're for them then who they are against right you are against it's a guilt by association Mm -hmm. kind of mentality and so we don't want any of that we want to be open trade with everyone so we are we are he went so far as to say we are allies to none and enemies to none we everybody is a customer so i I just put it that way everybody's a customer so i I think when you look at as far as the messaging when you run into things like like what you're pointing out which seems like this sort of all of a sudden several outlets are reporting the same thing which is which nothing like what you were saying there's nothing on that day or this moment in history that suddenly would launch yeah. this this interest in that particular uh relationship like in history three completely unrelated websites so and this nothing new today but you you look out over the political spectrum and you have this globalist interest council on foreign relations all these sort of powers that are constantly interested in this narrative of globalism and and elimination of any sort of uh national identity Mm -hmm. and being beholden to to all these uh all these foreign powers for the sake of you know, enriching themselves and controlling I wonder, other is, people. Is there something going on in the UN right now? Are they having some big meeting or something? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I haven't paid attention to that. So the but other, I, you know, all the stuff at this time of the year. I think you always have to uh, look at these things in the context of an election. What What does right, this say about yeah, yeah. the particular people running for election? I really believe the purpose of that. If there's if there's some coordinated uh, effort behind it, it has to do with um, you know, contrasting how they portray the president uh, as isolationist, alienating allies, and then their message of, you know, we need to be the a global community. You need to be a global citizen. That sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely, 
Absolutely. So the next thing I wanted to talk about today Which is... Which obviously, if you're global global citizen, then you don't have, uh, you know, American constitutional protections. Right. You know right. what I mean? Cause, right. Cause you're not that's subject always, to the jurisdiction of our Constitution. That's that always the... The which is interesting. Strange question for the no borders crowd, right? If every if we're just sort of this one globe and no borders and all borders are wrong, then by whose standard, right? What which law? What laws <laughs> which, do you follow? What what law? What standard does it create your government? Right. Yeah. So which is interesting because that's actually a segue into the next story that I have for us today, which is this. I don't know. This is like Chris Ann Hall scratching her head day. So I've got these three articles about how we should be thanking France or foreign power for our independence because obviously we were incapable of doing it ourselves. Now, we needed help, mind you. But like you said, that's a whole false premise to begin with. But this this resurfacing love uh, for the Constitution and the left. (laughs) I I don't I don't understand this. Okay. Right, but that's the pretense. So watch this, right? This is this is another one. So some uber leftist created a comic book version. I mean, uber leftist creates this comic book version of the Constitution. And he doesn't put any twist on the Constitution. He doesn't do anything. He just puts the words of the of the Constitution in comic form, mm-hmm. right? So you have Article One, Section One, and he draws the comments. The entire Constitution, in its article, in section, sometimes article, section, clause, in comic form. I thought it was interesting that this is, you know, like Flash, but uh, red and blue, right? So you have the House and the Senate, Article mm-hmm. One, Section One, legislative power. You also have that red and blue paradigm thing going on there. And what is said to be the point of this project? To make to get to bring the constitution well the this is what's interesting is this cbr.com puts this twist that how somehow reading the constitution is subversive to the trump administration okay so Mm, that's their trump that's their trump twist but however okay the uber leftist comic book guy who makes this claims he has no other reason than to get people to read the Constitution. Young people, to, to really get people to read this, right? So here's, here's the intro. Uh, in 1979, then NPR, National Public Radio Morning Show, Morning Edition, launched. In its first year on the air, it established, according to NPR itself, quote, what has become an Independence Day tradition, hosts, reporters, newcasters, commentators reading the Declaration of Independence. Church bells rang out over Philadelphia as the Continental Congress adopted this, adopted this draft of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. Below is the original text of the Declaration alongside photos of the NPR staff members performing the reading. Okay, So it goes on to say, as noted, this was the tradition that had been going on for decades and yet... When the show did its yearly tradition on the 4th of July 2017, you remember this, um, yeah. the first Independence Day during the Trump administration, the yearly tradition was met in a different fashion than normal. You see, along with the reading on the air, NPR tweeted out the Declaration of Independence a few lines at a time. 
A number of people on Twitter found this to be a subversive critique of the Trump administrations with yeah, with responses yeah. like, you know, calling I, for revolution. And right. Like Man, that. I feel like <laughs> you remember I, I, we were, we yeah, were like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the heck no, is wrong I, with these people? This is the like, Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And I feel like I want to do what Rush does. Snurly, get get cut. Uh, get cut. Number three from July 2017. Right. Because yeah. I remember yep. saying that this they are the the left is so frightened of president trump Mm -hmm. and these npr folks and people want to now use the constitution to spotlight trump right and as the basis of well this guy's out of control should be locked up thrown out whatever and i said this is going to be dangerous to the left because they are going to inadvertently get their followers right to become acquainted with the constitution right when we get back several years from now mm-hmm. and all of because here's the thing well, the, what was the, first the interesting people, the people that then will go and read this uh-huh. have actually been taught contrary things about the constitution because they never actually read, read it, it and and just fell for what's in the university mm-hmm. now it's like trump and i'm not a you know this all-out q guy right if you're a full-on q uh person then you would say trump laid this trap so that he would drive them to the constitution so that they would fall into the trap and now they're all going to get educated on the constitution but uh it's like sort of inadvertently now you have to understand npr i i've said this a thousand times i take flack for it i will say it again NPR and those folks are not ignorant of the Constitution. Yeah. They are not. They just reject it when their guys are in power. They want it when the opposition is in power. They're very adept at pointing out unconstitutional things carried out by Republicans. But so remember, they J.C. are not ignorant. So now but, this seems like something that could backfire. On them. But just remember, though, it was the Trump supporters who did not recognize the Declaration of Independence. Correct. When it was being tweeted in 2017. So it all and draws. So, it draws in the statist of all sides. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, what you have now, what I thought was very interesting was the fact that well, again, this is the media pulling out the net, you know, pulling a narrative. This guy, uber leftist guy, right, has taken the time to do it. It looks like a really cute idea. I uh-huh. mean, he uses Great. different styles and stuff to make people read the 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 Constitution in and of itself. I think it's a, I, and I haven't just this is not an endorsement. I haven't actually seen it. I don't know if he interjects his own editorial narratives. Pictures but we're seeing are just. Straight text from and he says it's nothing more than the Constitution. Yeah. But I thought it was very interesting that they said that getting people to read the Constitution can be subversive. We yeah but, yeah because here's the thing: how can reading the Constitution be subversive? The only reason and the only way reading the Constitution can be subversive is if the government is not following the Constitution. Right. Now, that's what we've done here now for seven years. Or which is their premise. Right, because Trump is in office. Right. Right. So reading the Constitution is subversive now because Mm -hmm. Trump is in office. But when we were reading the Constitution, when Obama was in office, 
right? It was outdated, it, anachronistic. It was out- thank you. Thank pointless. you. Pointless. We need to adapt to the times. Yeah. So this is a trap that they that they lay for their own mm-hmm. people, I think, inadvertently. Yeah. And I, I, I it's good. I'm 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 thankful for it actually. Drive people to them, drive people to us. Look, and we've said this. We've been saying this. We said this early on when we started when you started to notice, and again, you know, people that watch our show, you know we're not we're not we're not we don't back candidates, right? We don't get behind candidates. We get behind principles. When the can when the when the politician is right, then we're with them. When the politician is wrong, we're not. And it doesn't matter who they are, what party, how big a following they have, whatever. But we said early on, when you started seeing TDS spread faster than Corona, right? <laughs> right. And we we said, this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to now reach the other side, to reach Democrats who mm-hmm. have been brainwashed, to reach them with the con- Constitution. We have an opportunity here. Because they look at Trump as some out-of-control Nazi, and th- and now they're all looking toward the Constitution to figure out where this guy's wrong. Right. Here we have an opportunity. And so this confirms what we've been saying now for four years. Which confirms why we we had a, a Bernie Sanders group have me actually come teach them on the Constitution right. last for year. For that very reason. For that very reason. So... The Constitution <laughs> is not a so you partisan turn, thing. No, and you turn Trump derangement syndrome against them. Yes, exactly. Or at least leverage it, right? You leverage it for. But I remember reasons. when I went to teach the Bernie Sanders group about you know the the lesson that I taught once again, and and this happened with the the um, C-SPAN Book TV mm-hmm. interview. I had people coming up to me and saying, you know, I was skeptical when they said that you were coming to speak because obviously they Googled me or something. Mm -hmm. And they said and time after time, people say to me, you know, it's very interesting. I don't think we actually think very differently or in the alternative. They would say, I used to think differently, but now I see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And how many times have I had to say to people, the Constitution is not political. By the way, we were. You know, we're coming to St. George, Utah. We had several venues in mind to go inside. I'm not going to point out any names, but we were actually refused access to facilities by a major church in in St. George, Utah, because they thought that it would be too political to teach the Constitution. (laughs) By the way, too political for you to teach the Bible. Sure. The Bible's. As, uh, the Bible's uh, demand for us to follow liberty. Right. That's too political, too. So we can't well, read the Bible. We can't read the Constitution in many churches across America because it's just way too political. Well, and people don't know what they don't know. You yeah. know that Richard makes a good point about the Declaration of Independence. I remember almost every time where you have, you have taught lessons, uh, you know, going through the Declaration and to, by and large, you know, conservative crowd, Republican, right, you know, all, all that group. And they were blown away. It's not like you added anything, but just sort of walking through the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. and they go, whoa, wait a minute. that That's what's happening now. What? 
Like they had never even heard of it. Well, they talk had about no the idea seven idea what was in the Declaration. The of seven hundred years of history of our Constitution. Yeah. Like, wait, what? That's, Talking. That's now. What? Wait, wait a minute. Six uh, kings duh. in seven hundred years. <laughs> Why do you think they wrote it? Yes. Exactly. Why do you think they enshrined those things in our founding documents? Yeah. Actually, next week, this came up in the chat room, JC. Next week is Constitution Week, not this week. So if you think this week coming up, I mean, this week means the week coming up, because I know colloquially different phrases mean different things. You know, I came down here in the South and I had to learn a whole new orientation <laughs> of time. But Monday <clears throat> week, I'll get back with you Monday, Monday week. Monday week, yeah. So next week is Constitution Week. And just remember, at chrisannhall.com, we have a Constitution Week video series that you, it's it's too late for you to probably order it online and get it by next week, but you can directly download the videos, Digital right, JC? Mm-hmm. Digital, thank you. Digital download the videos for the Constitution Week and teach your family, your friends, your classroom one lesson a day, uh, starting, actually, it's, it's designed to start the Friday before. And then go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Constitution Week. Just a 10 to 12 minute video to teach one principled truth about the Constitution of the United States during uh, during uh, Constitution Week. I think it's a great sort of core lesson material. Where you, you play that yeah. and then you can have the discussion and teaching. And If you are a student at LibertyFirstUniversity.com, you already have Constitution Week class there. So you can play it for your family. I don't care who you play your, your Liberty First University uh, membership to. Play it. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to make sure that people are learning. So we're trying to provide you with the tools to help disciple and bring in others. I have a video for us today, J.C., and I'm, I'm, I, I set it up beforehand. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. But you have to, you have to do this because I know JC's like, he can see it already. You guys can't see it yet. So you have to do this because, because we're talking today about media. <laughs> Opie, Opie, oh, media driving the narrative, right? So uh, here we go. Give me just one second to set this up for everybody. One of the things that I think we and and um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted. In fact, that might be important to make sure that this is a legitimate um, and fair election. So we're going to do a, a, a bunch of different Sorry, I, computer thinks, Microsoft thinks that I know more than I do. Uh, they know more than I do. But I wanted to pause there for just one second because I wanted you to see um, yes, what he had Jesus to say. Was political. That, um, that it's perfectly normal. It's not a big deal for us to have to wait to have a delay for the vote on, on the presidential race. And, and here's, and I'm going to go back here again because, because he says, we need as a media, we need to work together to get that message out that it's perfectly normal. So now that I've, I've said that, I want, I want us to... Well, he said take time to count the votes. Uh, th- that's a, that's a, it's a strange... 
the phrasing is strange to me because we've always taken time to count the votes. Like yes. that's not even a question. Yeah, but he's talking about time in, in as a matter of delay. Right. So what I'm saying is, the is, is what normal. I'm saying is this is coded yeah. language. Yeah. We need to take time to count the votes. Well, duh. Yeah. You you can't not count the votes. We count the votes. Yeah. Okay, we nobody's nobody's arguing about time for counting the votes. Okay? So they're they're this is a setup how they're couching this mm-hmm. language exactly in something that is totally reasonable count the votes well duh that's an election we we take time and count the votes that's what we do yeah but it's 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 preemptory for this delay right so they're 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 built there's a whole narrative it's just one piece of of basically not recognizing the results of the election, the delay is for lawsuits and all sorts of shenanigans where they can then move the election from the outcome of the vote count to another outcome if that vote count doesn't go their way. So when you see when you hear him say, take time to count the vote uh, on the face of it, that's not what they're talking about. Okay, so here's what I want. Here's the point that I'm driving and the narrative that they're changing. I'm going to do a little throwback Thursday video for us Mm -hmm. so you can hear how 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 this works. Right. So this is Eric Holder in 1995. And what we need to do is change the way in which people think about guns, especially young people. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. And so what we're dealing with here is what Eric Holder is talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, and I want you to pay attention. Applied to the electoral system. Applied to the electoral system. Now pay attention to what he says and the mechanism by which he wants to function, right? The things that I think we and and, um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted. In fact, that might be important to make sure that this is a legitimate um, and fair election. So we're going to do a a bunch of different messaging around that just to make sure that people know that that's normal. So if one of the um, candidates in in any of the races claims victory before there's um, a consensus result, then we're going to add some informational context to that post directly, saying that um, that there, there's no consensus result yet. I, I think that this is important because there is, unfortunately, I, I think, a heightened risk of um, of civil unrest in, in the period you know between uh, between voting and and a result being called or or, or after that. And I, I just think that we need to be doing everything that we can to. Uh, reduce the chances of violence or civil unrest in the in the wake of this election. So the question becomes, how much of what he says is reality? How much is to be the driven 
reality, yeah. right? So first off, he says, there's nothing illegitimate from having to wait a few days or even several weeks. Okay. If your vote is not in by December 20th, the law says you're late. If your vote is not in by, by January 6th, it does not get counted by the law. And, and so it is not legitimate to set aside the law. It's not normal by the way the laws were created in 1867 to prevent that from becoming the normal. So as they're taking time to overturn and steal the election, they want the people to they want to normalize. No, this is normal. This this do, this delay. So they need time there. They want to be able to have that time because it's not a lot of time to be able to steal the election on purpose. Yeah. So they want to say, well, if we need more time, if we haven't accomplished our goal, then we need the American people to understand this is normal. Normalize this delay to steal the election. Then notice he after that, then he says to ensure legitimate and fair, implying that what's coming. Right. The result that you're going to see, because they already believe right. Biden is going to lose. Yes. They believe that Trump is going to win. So there, he's implying that result will be illegitimate and unfair. Right. Because we have to take time to ensure legitimate and fair. And notice what we're doing. We and other portions of the media have to drive this narrative. Then you have the, the, the famous fact checkers coming in. If you post anything about the election that that the that the leftists don't like, you're going to get a fact check. You know, you're, you're going to be, your, your post is going to be replaced mm -hmm. by the Facebook fact check post. One of the most, in, in, in this, uh, that whole narrative uh, that he spewed there, one of the things that I thought was the most <coughs> um, shockingly brainwashing, shockingly ignorant, was that he kept using that word consensus. Yeah. We don't vote by consensus. Yes. We don't we don't we establish will. who wins the election by consensus. You count the electoral votes. The person that gets 270 wins. Right. So there's you no, may vote no by consensus. Well, you may vote by popular vote for your US House you, rep. But you he may didn't vote say popular vote. Yeah, he consensus. said consensus. Consensus is we shop this around to the experts and when everybody agrees everybody lowers their scepter and says this is legitimate and fair. Once we have enough of our uh, propagandists to declare this valid, then it is valid. That that's consensus. Yeah. We don't vote by consensus. We count the freaking votes. Right. So consensus is not popular vote because popular vote is actually a count. Consensus is a general agreement. It's an agreement. It's an agreement. A vote is not an agreement. Right. He's saying everybody has to agree. We got it. We got to get Washington Post and Berkeley and mm -hmm. Brennan Center for Justice. Right. Uh, what's her name? Brooks and all these nitwits, Bill Clinton, right? The what is that thing called? The uh, transition integrity project. Right. Of which Bill Clinton is a member. Right. And this Democrat law professor and Berkeley history professor launched. Right. So we need consensus from all those types of experts to let us know whether or not they accept the results of the election.
that is not our electoral system. So he, he's already brainwashing the people to, who don't know how the electoral system is supposed right. to work. And he's suggesting that the way it works is, is we, we, get, we get consensus among these experts. Because, le- again, electoral college, that, that's, not a, that's not a consensus. Right. It's vote casting. Right. Okay, six guys from this state voted for that guy. It's math. Even okay, that's, e- that's United yeah. Nations UNESCO. Remember? Yeah, consensus there you go. Consensus math. There you go. No, we don't practice consensus math. We freaking count one vote, two votes, three votes. Even- Whoop, this one has more. This one has less. You win. No, I disagree. How many people agree that 15 is more than 14? Oh, looks like more. We have a consensus. More people agree that 14 is more than 15. He wins. So that's consensus. Even if you give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he misspoke. Maybe he actually meant counting by consensus. Maybe he doesn't no understand. Way. Okay, okay. I, I don't I, give him benefit. I, 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 I'm just let's just throw you, it out. You know no, UNESCO no, 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 Common no. Core. I do, I do, I do. And you but know how just, he's pushed it. Okay, but I'm just saying. Okay, because it doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't understand the true meaning of the word consensus, then it still doesn't matter because we don't elect the president by popular vote. We elect the president by the electoral college. And he's Tally. not talking about the Tally. electoral college. Tally. He's talking about popular vote. Right. Because in the electoral college legal world, you don't delay the count of the electoral college. There is a legal deadline. And in the electoral college legal world... When you hit that deadline, if your tallies are not in, they don't get counted. We don't wait. We don't pause. We don't delay. We don't stop and think. If they're not in, they don't get counted. And this is not something that is, this has happened at least four times in our history of presidential elections where a state, an ent- entire states did not have their votes in. They did not get counted or even portions of a state's electoral college did not come in, so they didn't get counted. You see, the president is not elected by majority vote. The president is elected by the majority of electors that are submitted. So if you don't get your elector college vote in, it doesn't become... Then it doesn't it doesn't play a part in the majority. Right. So it's not how many out of 50 because there's 50 states. You know, there's more electoral college votes than that. Mm. But I'm just saying for simplistic reasons. Sure. So it's not out of 50. Right. If only 48 turn their votes in, then it's how, what is the majority out of 48? And so it is not normal to delay. Right. It is not acceptable to delay. It is not even procedure to delay. It is not precedent to delay. It is not law to delay. Law and precedent are established to prevent delay. Yeah. And the consensus is count the votes. Count the votes. That's the consensus. (laughs) Count the votes. Vote by consensus. That's the consensus. Count the freaking votes. There is absolutely no reason. And I'm, 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 I am so sick of, of being 
of, of this truth being drowned out. You've got you've got Mark Levin out there talking about Nancy Pelosi becoming acting president. You've got uh, all, uh, I think all these other people got heritage out there talking about it. Uh, all these big name people talking about how, oh, my goodness, Nancy Pelosi. First, they say Nancy Pelosi could be president. No, no, no. Nancy Pelosi would never be president. She would be acting president. And I understand you can claim that that's semantics, but that doesn't mean she gets to stay there forever. She's a temporary until it happens. Okay, but even that, no, not for this. She could become acting president if the president and vice president die at the same time. If the president and vice president become unable to do their jobs maybe they're in hiding somewhere maybe they're they both had a stroke maybe i don't know but the bottom line is something has to actually happen to the president and vice president to move to to the 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 secession numbers the delay in not having a vote is not how you get an acting president because you can't not you let me let me get this because I know Americans have trouble with double negatives. You can't not have a vote on time. You will always have a vote on time when you follow the law because the law has a deadline that says if your vote is not in, it doesn't get counted and the vote happens January 6th period. A delayed vote is a lawless vote. Lawless. Lawless. And I Whatever. And this, is, and this I, is not this is not taking time to count. That's double speak. Yes. Because you can't he went from that to consensus. And if you understand what he means by consensus, he is not referring to electoral college and count he's not referring to counting the vote, this phraseology that he uses. Look up uh transition integrity pro- project. You can download the PDF and all their nonsense. Look up the the transition uh, uh, integrity project members who's on that this is what he's talking about he's trying to normalize a new system whereby you have panels and groups of experts designated to give their blessing to the outcome of the election that's the so united they're nations trying way to, exactly they're trying to move that's what they're trying to move forward mm-hmm. that uh, you know, we have Brennan Center for Justice. We have Transition Integrity Project and and the the bipartisan Transition Integrity Project, a bunch of freaking globalist and leftist establishment Democrats and Republicans. That's mm-hmm. their bipartisan. OK, because bipartisan people are fooled into believing bipartisan means uh, a split between the two parties. Democrat and Republican is not the split in America. If you think it is then we don't have time in <laughs> we're already out of time on this show but that's not what's going on so a bunch of freaking globalists on this thing who are the experts that's what he's talking about we we need to be able to have time have this delay and then they do all their shenanigans and the observers you watch what kind of language they start creating to talk about who these experts are that are going to give us the consensus, whatever, right. whatever they may be, uh, the, the verifiers, the election observers, whatever. Like UN uses observers. So I wouldn't be surprised to start hearing ob- election observers come out 
as the experts and we need consensus from the people who are reviewing the vote. Right. That's what they're building toward. Right. So I actually have a show on constitutional America. I think it might be episode 11 or 12 where I talk about I actually show you the documentation on how the vote has to be counted. I show you the documentation on the law and the deadline and how there can't be a delay. I don't understand how there can even be talk about anything else. I don't even think, I I can't even wrap my brain around people who claim to be constitutionalists, who claim to be lawyers, who who do not even talk about this. It's just mind-numbing to me uh, how, how you do that. The only reason that people would do that, JC, I think, is because they have agenda on their own. I don't know what that is, but I'm not even going to put my brain out there to do it. All I'm telling you is the facts are out there. It's documented. The history is documented. It's not in some Dead Sea Scroll where you have to have a backdoor VIP stage pass to get into the to the Library of Congress to read it. It's online. You can you can know this. And I put it all out on on the internet for you. Uh, in in several. I mean, we did it once on this show. I did it on Constitutional America. Uh, there's just so many ways that that we can know the truth and we don't have to we don't have to be subject to this. So spread the truth. Here's what's happening in a nutshell. The Hit the thumbs up, guys. Hit the thumbs up before you go. The leftists were not able to finalize their coup through the Russia hoax. They thought this guy would be gone before four years ran out. This is them taking another run at it. Mm-hmm. Another bite at the apple. This is coup attempt number two, coup right. finalization. Because we, we've been in a coup for a long time. Right. This is coup finalization attempt mm-hmm. number two. Can't give this guy another four years. They can't do it through the vote. Mm-mm. So they have to find another way right. to accomplish it. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We will be with you tomorrow. Uh, God bless you guys and have a good day. <laughs>